On this episode of the podcast, Josh tells us the story of Mad Mike Milbury, coach, GM, and all-around wild man. I thought you were going to say player as well. Just no, he full... also was a player. Amazing. Well, that's where the wild man comes yeah. from. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. from his playing days. Back in those and then... days, it was a position. <laughs> ah, the wild man. The wild man on the rink. <laughs> now it's just a classier enforcer. <laughs> Goon. Goon squad. Which is what they're calling, apparently, the bad guys in Space Jam 2. Huh. I take issue with that. Yeah, I take issue with I don't it. Care as well. for it. But anyways, why don't you uh, recline that sofa, loosen that tie? This is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sleazy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week, we are discussing some NHL history. Whoop! Warning to any and all New York Islander fans, you may want to cover your ears. That's it. There's no upside to this. Just please cover your ears and don't think about the money. It's better this way. Yeah, I couldn't think of any positive things to say to the New York Islanders fans. I was like, I don't know your franchise well enough to be like, it's fine. Well, there's good. They were starting I, to get good, and then they realigned the division and then put more yeah. difficult teams in and took the easy wins out. Except for Buffalo. They're are they? <laughs> what's their answer Sorry, to this Buffalo. question? Are they basically the Mets? Yes, they are the Mets. They have of like hockey. the same color scheme. Yes, too. they are the Mets of hockey. The Rangers are the Yankees. Okay. Oh, that's okay. how I've See, always kind sense. of felt about yeah, them. Yeah, that, and their fan bases align that way too. Mm, like right. typically, if they're a Mets fan and you like hockey, you go with the Islanders. Mm. Ah, apt, apt analysis, Robert. Makes sense. All right. So, in order to understand this moment in New York Islanders history. I first need to tell you about Mad Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury was a professional hockey player himself with the Boston Bruins back in the mid-70s up through the 80s. Boston in the 70s and 80s. What a time. Yes. His playing days were not anything special, but he did gain some notoriety for the shoe incident. Have you heard the, of this? The shoe incident? Oh, I've heard of it. It's vaguely, but I do not know what it is. All right, let me paint I you. I heard about it earlier today. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Let me paint you a word picture. All right, so it's December 23rd, 1979 in Madison Square Garden. The New York Rangers are playing the Boston Bruins. It's the final seconds of the third period, and the Bruins are leading 4-3. to three. The Bruins just took a shot at goal, which missed and landed in the lap of Hall of Fame Rangers center Phil Esposito. Oh, no. Have you heard of him? I do. Okay. Yes. So you're following so far. Yes. He's, he's completely alone on the breakaway. Nothing but the goalie standing between him and tying the game. He moves right, cuts left, but the Boston goalie lays out and makes a fantastic save. Before the Rangers can control the puck again, the horn sounds and the game is over. Esposito smashes his stick in disgust at, at himself for failing to tie the game and skates off towards the locker room. The, the announcers are going over how crazy those final seconds were and how disappointed the Rangers fans must be. Sure, yep. That's when something strange happens. The players don't leave the ice. The Bruins and the Rangers are all just kind of huddled by the Rangers' goal when all of a sudden, pandemonium hits. 
Bruins players start jumping over the plexiglass into the stands and wailing on Rangers fans. It's like malice in the palace if all the professional athletes had razor blades oh on their shoulders. Wait, 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 what? As they all jumped into the stands, Bruins player Stan Johnson had somehow gotten his stick wrestled away by one of the upset Rangers fans and had suffered a cut across his face from a rolled-up program. Wait, a whole time. How? They roll it up and throw... Stick razor blades in it? What the uh, heck? Yeah. Paper cuts are deadly, first of all. <laughs> first and Second foremost. of all, what the hell? <laughs> so back in the, the 70s, the plexiglass wasn't nearly as tall or as it seamless? is now. Yeah. So the uh, apparently one of the fans also took off his belt and started <laughs> oh just like wailing on the Bruins players that he could reach. Oh, I mean, at least they're wearing pads. Yeah. So, Not good pads, but pads. I mean, it's more pads than the mouths <laughs> of the palace. Fair enough. That's Woo! true. Ben Wallace. So the Bruins players got mad about this, and especially Terry O'Reilly took offense to this. And he was the first to climb over the plexiglass in pursuit of the of the guy who had taken Stan Johnson's stick and cut him across the face. Yeah. Um, so all of the Blue Bruins players took to the stands as the Rangers players just stood on the ice watching. <laughs> amazing. Like they have this great shot where they cut back and like zoom out and like all of the Bruins players are just in the stands fighting fans and all the Rangers are just kind of standing there on the ice watching them being like, huh? Like, you know, I don't want to be suspended for this. So I'm going to stay over here. Yep. I mean, it's free entertainment. Yeah, really. Exactly. They just lost. So... <laughs> But where is our boy, Mike Mulberry? Well, like Esposito, he had begun to make his way to the locker room. <laughs> but before he got there, he heard the commotion and rushed back to see what was going on. This put him in the perfect position to actually catch the crazy Rangers fan who uh, O'Reilly had been chasing. Oh, boy. Yep. Yes. So Mulberry then ripped off the, sh the fan's shoe, and while holding the heel of the shoe, slapped the fan over the head... <laughs> Before someone finally came and restrained Mulberry. Yes. Awesome. O'Reilly was suspended for eight games, and Mulberry and another Bruins aggressor, Peter McNabb, were suspended for six. Each player was also fined $500, and this incident led to the NHL installing higher plexiglass walls so that this sort of thing couldn't happen. Not fan safety because a puck could hit them in the face no. and the Nets could do. <laughs> it's fan safety so the players don't beat the snot out of them. Yes, yes. Awesome. Ugh, the good old days. I mean, this kind of just defines, this is what Mulberry is noticed, known for as his time at his play. He didn't really do anything else significant, but like this one incident he was involved in, they're like, this is what we point to. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. I mean, he hit a man with his own shoe. <laughs> he beat a man with his own shoe. It, it's worth beautiful. it to look up the YouTube video. It's a good time. Anyway, moving on. So that was Milbury's playing days. He was hired as a coach of the Boston Bruins nice. in the 89-90 season, where he led them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals while being named Executive of the Year. All right. So out, coming out the gate strong. Yeah. Good, good he did really good his first year. Mad man. Mad Mike. Um, so things are starting off with a bang. He only lasted with the Bruins for two years before he took a job as the head coach of the Boston College hockey team. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, he went from the pros down to college. Willingly? Now, Boston College has a kind good of. hockey program, but yeah. still, pros. I, I know, but it's not like the Bruins aren't. It kind of. They're a famous organization. Yeah. Any team solid that's in franchise. Boston, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, 
before the 2000s, the Patriots were the least recognizable franchise. franchise. And, e- and arguably, internationally, they still might be. Might be, maybe. So it, it kind of sounded like, from the things I was reading, that he wore, wore out his welcome in Boston. Uh, you know, you Mad Mike kind of rubbed people the wrong way and was... With their shoes. Because <laughs> Mad Mike. Yeah. No he Mad Mike. He kept taking off people's shoes. People having nightmares. <laughs> Little kids. There's like, hey, you eat all your vegetables or Mad Mike's going to hit you with your shoes. He's going to come take your shoes. No, Mad Mike, please. <laughs> uh, so just like the Bruins, he was only at Boston College for two years before leaving because of philosophical differences with the athletic director. So... He coached too hard. <laughs> he coached too hard. <laughs> so his brief success with the Bruins in 89 led to him being hired as the head coach of the New York Islanders in Woo! 1995. Hey, we love to see it. And within three months, he was the general manager as well, which is, you know, always a good Climbing sign. Climbing that ladder always. real fast. It's one thing to start as both head coach uh-huh. and GM, be like, we're hiring you to do these jobs. But then three months in, it's like, well, no, here's all the power. Hey, we're going to give you some more responsibilities. You cool with that? It's one of two things. Maybe both. Either Mad Dog is the most charismatic son of a bitch <laughs> you've ever seen, or the New York Islander organization was incredibly dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. My bet. Would you say mismanaged? <gasps> no. I wouldn't. But yeah, you know when you start a new job and then three months in, they're like, what if we also gave you this other job on top of the job you're also doing? You know yeah. you're in a good situation. Without getting a pay bump. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Ultimate power. All right, so before we talk about the dreaded trade that is the centerpiece of our story, we need to talk about the team that the Islanders struck this trade with, the Ottawa Senators. Ooh, Senators. And their first star. So, the Ottawa Senators were added as an expansion team in the early 1990s. And with their first ever draft pick, which was second overall in the 1992 draft, they selected Russian center... Alexi Yashin. Mm. Oh, and we also know the first overall pick in this draft because it was Eric Lindros. Uh, oh! Eric. Love that guy. The hair Lindros. <laughs> Big e the Lindros. one. The one Lindros. Big e, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so Yashin was pretty good at hockey. He was, <laughs> hey, it's fine. Drink it. I'm sure it's good. Uh, so he was a star for the Senators, earning 79 points in his rookie season, along with a nomination for the Calder Memorial Trophy. Which trophy is that? The Calder Cup. Is that uh, Rookie of the Year? Yeah, it's pretty much Rookie of the Year. Nice. I hate that every hockey award, you have to say <laughs> pretty much, because it's every, they have like they have specific names. a dozen new ones. Well, there are awards. different like voters and things for a bunch of different things you can win like mvp from one people they're like they'll vote you in but then it's like a different one. it's like the coaches and it's the like AP poll. it's like yeah no it's like college sports voting it's way too complicated a lot of awards all meaning the same thing but from different people <laughs> but like which one's like the real one who's the real it mvp like every 10 years I dang it <laughs> all right yeah, moving on anyway young alexi continued to grow as he became a bona fide star in the nhl <laughs> Yeah, it's just that phrase. Young Alexi continued to grow in the, <laughs> like in the streets narr- of Ottawa. <laughs> it's like you're narrating like some I don't even know. Anna Karenina. <laughs> Anna Karenina, as told by Josh Sweezy. 
without reading it. <laughs> <laughs> what I imagine Anna Karenina is about. All right. So, uh, yeah. So he helped the Senators uh, to the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in 1997. All right. He scored a decisive goal over the New Jersey Devils to hand the Senators their first ever playoff series win a year later. Mm. The next year, he scored 94 points and was runner-up for the Hart Memorial Trophy. MVP, yes. I know that one. Yeah, yeah, I've that heard one. that yeah. one. <laughs> um, but things were not as good off the ice for Yashin. His time in Ottawa was tumultuous at best. Well, Russians, Canadians, there's that old saying. They can never get along. <laughs> oh, that I was thinking of a different one. Which one? Yeah, which one was that? Oh, if you know it, you know it. If you don't know it, you don't. I, it's totally real, though. It just it goes to a different school. Let's move on. Never mix your vodka with your maple syrup. That that's classic phrase. You say that, and everything in me is like, yes, that's true. But <laughs> well, now, yeah, I'm like, I wonder. Has anyone just I had the guts to be like, maple syrup, vodka? Anything else? Let's party. Oh, no. <laughs> Gross. Maybe some milk. Oh, no. well, vodka and milk's already a thing. I've never had That's it because it sounds That's horrible. Yeah. But, like, what's syrup to the equation? So sugar? sugar? Well, obviously, <laughs> I know what syrup is. I've seen elf. Oh, okay. Fair, fair, All fair. Right, good, good, good. All right. So, uh, Alexi butted heads with management basically the entire time he was there, but things really came to a head after his great 98 99 season. Alexi wanted to get paid. So he decided he would not honor the final year of his contract until he got more money. Hey, hold out. That's yeah. the move. The Lindros method. The Le'Veon Bell. Ezekiel the a Elliott. lot of strong-headed people's methods. <laughs> yeah. Well, the senators refused, so Yashin <laughs> yeah, demanded a trade. Uh, this was the third time Yashin had demanded a new contract in his five years with the team. So, oh, good lord. Yeah, no, he was always arguing with management. But the senators didn't budge. Instead, they stripped him of his captain status and suspended him for the entirety of the 1999-2000 season. Woof. Good for, you know, good for them. Yeah, right? Good for them. A strong move from Canada. You I don't see it very I often. know, right? To be like, no, I would rather <laughs> lose money then get, let you get the better of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think this lines up exactly with Lindros, too, because I think that's the exact year where he got stripped of his captaincy and then was suspended for the whole year. All of a sudden, that whole draft is looking like a bust. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? So Yashin then tried to sign with a professional team in Switzerland, but the International Hockey Federation suspended him from playing internationally until his dispute with the Senators was resolved. So... <laughs> That's so, fine. I'll go to Europe, and they were like, "No, no. <laughs> that's fair." But at the same time, I don't know how they have the ability. I don't to know do how that. they have the jurisdiction. I mean, I don't know what their contracts were like back then. <laughs> if there was some sort of clause or the NHL, clauses. yeah, what, I imagine there'd have to be right to be able to be like, "Hey, you can't like to have the NHL." Govern what the European what the rest of the do yeah what the rest their, of the yeah. leagues did. I mean, NHL is still, like, the foremost hockey league. Yeah. They have, like, the like, KH KHL the now. The KHL second, Which yeah. is, like, secondary. Yeah, but it's still, like, you can't... Just because one league is better, you don't imagine that they automatically be like, hey, we dictate how things go internationally. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mess with that. Like, well, they have yeah. power and sway, but... <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Anywho, so, Yashin 
then decided that he was now a free agent because his contract <laughs> ended that year. He was like, all right, you suspended me. My contract's over. I'm a free agent now. Let me get out of here. And the NHL had an arbitrator who was like, no, sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, you owe the Senators one more year of play. So Yashin finally relented, but it was a public relations disaster for him. I thought you were going to say he retired. <laughs> he retired was... then and there, and that's the end of the story. Good night. He finally retired, and the Islanders <laughs> never made a mistake. <laughs> and the Islanders lived happily ever after. <laughs> Not. No. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> so basically, the NHL was like, no, you have to play for the Senators one more year, even though your contract is over. So Yashin was jeered and booed at at, by Senators fans at his own home games makes that sense. season. Yep. That <laughs> because... Those were the days. Those were the days. I would like to see more of that. Right. Like back, like a few months ago when James Harden's like, when I return to Houston, I, I want them I to want give to be me cheered. love. I'm like, no. I want <laughs> them to throw their loafers at yes. you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want animosity. The GM out there going like, we'll retire his number. I'm like, why? why? Like, I like the whole, like, encouraging the sportsmanship and, like, like bringing sports as a unifying thing but i also want a little more animosity i like it. some bad blood i in want there. some it's rivalries good. some deep-seated blood rivalries it's good to watch um the so yashin then came back with that and had a great regular season you know he was like i don't care about the haters i'm still gonna go play my hockey or whatever they say in russia and then I'm still going to play my <laughs> hockey perfect vodka 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 uh, so he led the Senators to the playoffs as the two seed in the East. Okay. They met the Maple Leafs in the first round, who were the seven seed. And Yashin fell apart and had a bad series. Uh, so poor buddy. He did not attend the final team meeting after the Senators' early playoff exit. That's so cool. We're done here. <laughs> he it's was like, like cool. oh, all right, goodbye. I played all the hockey I needed to. <laughs> we're done here. They do these in the morning. <laughs> So this brings us to the year of our Lord, 2001, <laughs> and the trade in question. The Senators knew they had to get rid of Yashin before he could leave on his own, so the day of the NHL draft, they struck a deal with the New York Islanders. Mm. Now, the Islanders were a bit of a mess. Yeah, that makes sense. How <laughs> messy were they? So between 1999 and 2000, the Islanders had six first-round picks, oh, okay. and five of those were in the top ten. Okay, what? well, all right, I hear you. I hear you. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad, but yeah. maybe it was because of some shrewd business dealings. No. We'll talk later about some of these uh, picks that they made, including how our guy Mad Mike botched the first overall pick of the 2000 draft. But for now, we continue with Yashin. Okay. So it's draft day, and the Islanders are looking to make a splash. So they strike this deal with the Ottawa Senators. The Senators give up Alexi Yashin. And in return, they receive right wing Bill McCult, the 2001 second overall pick, and a defenseman that you've probably heard of, 23-year-old Zadino Chara. Chara? Been yes. around, still around. Yes. My favorite enforcer <laughs> on Chell. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love, I draft him first every time, <laughs> even now in his yeah. old age. He's my ideal enforcer. Isn't he like 6'8? 6'9. 6'9. 260. Beefy, just beating people with their shoes. He's 6'9 without skates. So on skates, he's over 7'. Oh, I love Chara, but I hate 
the Blackhawks. So I'm really <laughs> kind of kind of conflicted. Kind of conflicted. He's on the Capitals now. Let's see yeah, I mean he's he's been a but. He's been around. He was mean on the Blackhawks. He was, yeah, he's been mean everywhere because that's his staple. He was, but as a Red Wings fan, I have a memory. I I shudder. (laughs) Nightmares. So we'll go through this trade uh, in order, starting with Bill McCult. Sorry, Bill, but you're easily the most insignificant part of this trade. Oh, with a name like McCult, though, (laughs) he was like a rotation winger. Yeah, he. He only spent one season with the Senators, scoring zero goals and eight assists over 70 games. Or like 66% of hockey players' <laughs> rotational, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He then went out and signed with the Minnesota Wild in free agency. Woo! So he is kind of a little rental. That didn't little do much. A little rental fella. <laughs> yep. little John Haddle situation. Mm-hmm. Well, Kawhi, except not nearly as effective. Ah, well, Kawhi has yet to prove anything to me. Not that he has anything to prove to me. I <laughs> me personally. <laughs> me personally. I hold Kawhi to the highest standard. Prove it to me, Kawhi. <laughs> Do, Do it, it for me. me. Please. All right. So the second overall pick in the 2001 draft turned into Jason Spezza. Have you heard of Jason Spezza? I, I have heard of Jason Spezza. All right. What's his middle name then? Don't know. Don't care. Donut. That's a firm stand and I respect it. Spezza has had an illustrious career that still continues to this day as a part of the Maple Leafs. So both Chara and Spezza are still playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, He played 10 seasons with Ottawa, including two 90-point seasons. Whoa. He has played 1,167 games, scored 350 goals, has 612 assists, and 962 career points. Yeah, no, he's he's in it. He's, he's in it productive. Yeah, he's an old timer. So he was a big part of the Senators' 2007 Stanley Cup Finals trip that they sadly lost to the Anaheim Ducks in five games. Quack quack. Oh, let's head over to Zadino Chara. He's only the most terrifying man on skates. Yeah, you put a bear on skates and Zidane Chara is still scarier. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, Chara uh, stands of 6'9 without skates and weighs about 260 pounds, so he's absolutely huge. He had been on the Islanders for four years before they traded him, and this was his stat line. One point in his first year, eight points in his second, 11 in his third, and nine in his fourth year. So, yeah, not not very good. Well, he's a defender. Yeah. He's so an enforcer. He's not going to be a he's huge goal scorer. He's not scoring goals. But he was young and a third-round pick, so it's not like his goal-scoring expectation was super high, you know? Yeah. But he had huge amounts of potential that Milbury just couldn't see, apparently. It was, you know, too wasn't good. tough enough for him. <laughs> he's probably had so many concussions back in the day <laughs> and affected his ability to see. Yep. So the Senators reaped all the benefits of Char's development into his true talent. So he doubled his career-high points total with 23 in his first season with the Senators. Nice. Which, again, as a defenseman, is really good. He then continued to progress, putting up 39 points, 41 points, and 43 points over the next three seasons in Ottawa, all while being one of the best defensemen in the league. Nice. Greg. Jenny. It's the way you said in the lead. In the lead. Chara. 
<laughs> one of the hottest hitting <laughs> defensemen <laughs> in the league. But I put the team on my back <laughs> for Madden. <laughs> Dumb. Uh, so Chara did leave the Senators in free agency in the 2006 offseason where he signed with the Boston Bruins. Mm -hmm. Just like Spezza, Chara is still in the NHL today playing for the Washington Capitals. His career stats are 1,598 games played, 207 goals, 458 assists, and 665 points, again, as a defenseman. Oh. He won the James Norris Trophy for Best Defenseman in 2009 and the Marc Messier Trophy for Leadership in 2011. And the NHL video game MVP every season <laughs> I've ever played with him as my star. <laughs> in my heart. I put on the lowest difficulty and I just send him in there to bully people. Score oh, goals, no. pick fights. <laughs> That's it. That's all, all you need. All, all you need, all you want. So the Senators turned Yashin into over 1,000 games from two all-timers, Chara and Spezza. But what happened to good old Alexei? What he happened went back to, to Russia? He started a farm, a pig farm. And those pigs, they're delicious, but they're also kind. And so he was conflicted. So he stopped killing the pigs, and now he has a good old pig circus. And you can pay $5 U.S., or $2,000 Russian, and oh, no. you can watch the pigs do their tricks or have a therapy session with one of the pigs, the great listeners. Or you can watch Alexi fight one of the pigs. He's very good at that, Ooh. too. Pig wrestling. Pig fighting. <laughs> it's a terrible practice, but has not yet been outlawed in Russia and the Baltic states. Very few things are outlawed in Russia. All right. What actually happened? Um, democracy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you. Three months after the trade, Mike Milbury doubled down on Yashin, and he paid the man. So, on September 5th, 2001, Yashin signed a 10-year, $64 million contract. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. That's a beefy contract mm -hmm. especially for hockey and oh, yeah. especially yeah. in 2001 yeah, it's not baseball no but it sounds like baseball yeah if you're wondering where the beef is it's in his contract <laughs> so things went pretty well for the first year yashin scored 32 goals and 78 points in 72 games the problem is that was the height of yashin's success with the islanders he would go on to play four more seasons um, but he would never top 30 goals or 70 points in a season. Now, the real trouble came three seasons into Yashin's tenure in New York. See, back in 2001, when he signed his huge contract, the NHL didn't have a salary cap. Ain't no rules. Spend all the money you want. If you're rich, you buy them all. It was a lawless they, wasteland. The Yankee method. The lawless wasteland that is the early 2000s. <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, the entirety of the 2004-2005 NHL season was canceled because of a lockout. And when things picked back up in 2005-2006, a, a salary cap had been put in place. So mm. Yashin and the Islanders would, were suddenly hit with a $7.415 million cap hit. That's a lot. Yikes. That's a lot for hockey. Yeah, and it's a lot to appear overnight, basically. Um, so they suffered through this for two more seasons until they finally decided to buy out Yashin's contract in 2007. The value of the buyout was worth $17.6 million spread out over eight years. 
So this is how that broke down for the Islanders. The first year is pretty nice, and they got $1.2 million in cap savings. The next year hurt a little, with a little over $2 million against the cap. Year three, it was $3.3 million. Year four, it was $4.75 million against the cap for a player who hadn't played with them in four years. Years five through eight were all a little over $2.2 million. So the Islanders continued to pay Yashin all the way until 2015 when his last season with them was 2007. Ah, the Bobby Bonilla package. The Bobby Bonilla, (laughs) Gilbert Arenas package. You hate to see it, but far too many organizations fall prey to it. All right, so speaking of bad contracts, let us pop quickly back to the early 2000s and that first overall pick in the 2000 NHL draft. Milbury had his heart set on Boston College goalie Rick DiPietro. I feel like there's a conflict of interest here. He might have coached him. He might have seen him. Hey, it had been like five years. Yeah, but so. still like the alma mater and you're like, ooh. Yeah. It's the oh, same yeah. thought process that I'm really hoping Urban Meyer takes so that he'll <laughs> shock the world and draft Justin, Justin Fields, Fields first. instead of Trevor He's taking Lawrence. Kyle Trask. That would also fall um, under what also, I just said because he yeah, coached too Florida, much. but that's too much. That's too much, man. All right, so this would be the first case of a goalie going first overall in NHL history. So you know, no real pressure there. It's a bold choice. No precedent. Only trouble was that the Islanders already had a goaltender who was showing a lot of promise in Roberto Luongo. Who just retired. Mm-hmm. I think he just retired. Yes. Or he's still playing. No, I'm pretty sure he's retired. Uh, who they had taken fourth overall in the 1997 draft. So in order to make room for DiPietro, uh, Milbury shipped off Luongo to make cap room and ice time. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Luongo went on to be a finalist for the Vizina. Yeah. The Vizina Trophy for League's Best Goaltender in 2004, 2007, and 2011, as well as being a finalist for the Hart Trophy in 2007. Woof. He is second on the all-time list of games played as an NHL goaltender with 1,044, and third all-time for wins at 489 to go along with other impressive stats and accomplishments. It's a very good goalie. Yeah, no, it sounds like And consistent. Yes. DiPietro, on the other hand, showed sparks, but his career was plagued by injury. Mm. (sighs) Tale as old as time. (laughs) So add to that the insane contract that the Islanders gave him on September 12th, 2006, which was a 15-year contract. $67.5 $67.5 million dollar contract. I want it. Can I have it? <laughs> For me, please. Just sign. I mean, I can just sit in the goal. <laughs> I won't do very good, but I can sit there. I got yeah, a bum I knee. Not, I would not <laughs> do injury. well. I got a bum <laughs> knee and I played goalie. Can I have it? Like, I can't skate. And goalie, you know, there's not a lot of skating involved, but like, I'd still be quick I'd, movement back yeah, and forth. Still Ice is slippery. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> so, safe to say, since this podcast is called Mismanaged, this deal did not work out. DiPietro made good on the deal for the first two years, but then injuries started to pile up. This led to his nickname. Rickety. Oh, <laughs> no! 
Isn't that so sad? That's a great nickname. No. Uh, no, I love when professional athletes get bullied. <laughs> uh, don't feel too bad. Hey, Riggity. Oh, don't, don't feel too bad for him. He's like, hey, guys, stop. Yeah, he's making a ton of money, all right? Yeah, I know he is. That money should buy you hard skin, all right? I'm sorry. <laughs> so Rick started missing significant time, and then by 2013, the Islanders decided to waive him. So that's only seven years into this 15-year contract. <sighs> what was with this guy offering <laughs> baseball? Pe- baseball contracts don't even get up to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this noise? So he was still owed $36 million over the next eight years when they decided to waive him. Ooh. So the Islanders came to an agreement with Rick that they would pay him two-thirds of the $36 million over double the amount of time in $1.5 million payments that won't count against the cap because of collective bargaining agreement nonsense. That's almost It's a Bobby Bonilla. It's a Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. See, you said, are they the Mets? They yes. are the Mets. They're the Mets of hockey. <laughs> Go to the wrong side of New York, and all of a sudden you're offering weird money. But for you get ages. contracts forever. <laughs> I'll pay you one dollar every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, so this means that the Islanders will make their final payment to Di Pietro in the 2028-2029 season. Oh my god. It's so wild. <laughs> 1.5 million every year until 2029. And Sam Bradford thought he was the shit. <laughs> oh no, yeah. you didn't fleece an organization. <laughs> this man. This man, DePietro. Yep. Wolf. So Mike Mulberry stepped down as coach GM of the Islanders in 2006. And went on to a turbulent career as an NHL analyst and broadcaster. Oh, we love to see that. He's often come under fire for saying ridiculous things, most recently in the 2020 NHL playoffs, <gasps> where he praised the bubble system because there oh. were, quote, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration, oh. unquote. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Said that on a broadcast. That takes me back to the 1970s <laughs> film Rocky, where Mick says women make weak legs. And even that had more grace yes. and consideration it than came that out statement 50 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so, yeah, on January 11th of 2021, NBC announced that Milberry would not be a part of their broadcasting crew for the 2021 season. Apt. And that is where we end the story of Mad Mike Mulberry. That was a great call oh, <laughs> on their part. That my was they were like, How about no? <laughs> how, how about how? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that was not the first time he said something sexist and degrading towards women. So they, oh, oh, that one was gosh. just the final straw. He, he and uh, Mike Dicka should get together and have a talk show. <laughs> and about the contracts. And, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, tell them that they're having like millions of views a day. But literally, we won't be streaming it. Oh, no. Oh, no. They'll just be in it's a room. Like- talking amongst themselves it's just to keep them away from the public it's it's a little black box with a red light that'll turn on yep. and it, that's all it is there's no, there's no microphones there's no recording device it's just a box set up in the middle of the street it's like creed's uh blog that's just a microsoft word document it's perfect great office reference 
Now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NHL history, we're feeling pretty comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Now, the NHL trade deadline just happened, so this is less advice and more, you know, personal takes. Discussing (laughs) the trade deadline. You know, admonishing or congratulating. All right, so I guess I'll kick us off then. The only thing is I didn't write a Dear GM this week because it's been a long week and I had to do the story for this episode. So Fair enough. There was a lot going on. Plus the tra- trade deadline has passed, like you said. So really, what could what could any of us really say? So how about this? To all GMs out there across the NHL, good luck. Hopefully <laughs> your seasons have turned out well. And if not, well, at least you can rest assured that you won't be paying someone until 2029 that hasn't played for your team since 2013. Unless you're Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders. Sorry, bud. That's Westover. not his fault. Yeah. I know, but he still has to pay the price. He man. has to pay the price. Yeah, yeah. he's got to write that check. Time to pay the piper. <laughs> pay the rickety. Pay the Pietro. <laughs> uh, my dear GM goes out to Red Wing legend and GM Steve Azerman. Woo! And his ability to turn a streaky forward and Anthony Mantha into... Uh, Jakob Vrana, Richard Panic, and a first and second in the coming draft. Panic! <laughs> that was awesome. That was good. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good trade for both sides, but I, it's definitely a little imbalanced towards the Red Wings getting the better of this deal. Mantha's not bad, but he's not worth all of that. Plus, a lot of people argue that Vrana is going to be a better player overall. He's a year and a half younger, and he fits the youth movement that the Red Wings are going through <laughs> with the youth. while ac- accumulating several high-level picks. So, good on a- Azerman and uh, sucks to suck Capitals. <laughs> capitals. But they do have Chara, so... They got an old team. <laughs> this week, I'm addressing Columbus Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekalainen. Kekalainen. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Finnish names are hard. <laughs> Look, the expectations for your team weren't high this year. Most saw you as a potential low-seed playoff team, but you've fallen quite a bit short of that. At 15... Nice. Sad Sad trombone. trombone. We're in sync today. I know. All right, keep going. What are you doing later? (laughs) We'll find out. Hey. Wink. Winkity-wink. Oh, boy. Don't wink back. At 15, 24, and 9, you have no hopes of making the playoffs. And a lot of this has to fall on the shoulders of head coach John Tortorella. (laughs) Tortellini. I almost said it. (laughs) (laughs) Your franchise has been mired in drama that has been exacerbated by Tortorella all season. (laughs) What is drama drama queen? He's drama personified. Look at the man. He looks like he likes a dramatic time. First came the Pierre-Luc Dubois debacle, a simple trade request that resulted in an abundance of self-imposed media speculation. So basically, to clue you guys Tell in, it looks it. like you're familiar with it. Um, <clears throat> Pierre-Luc Dubois requested a trade because mm-hmm. all a bunch As of nonsense. Yeah. And 
Tortorella brought it up with media members repeatedly for weeks. Like, they didn't even ask him questions. He would <laughs> he bring would it up himself. It. Weird. Yeah. He's like, I'm calling the press conference every day about this topic. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> to the point that it really just made a whole... It was, it was a mess. Sense. Oh, poor Pierre. Then Torts, which is Tortorella's nickname. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Benched Patrick Lane, who he received in the trade for Dubois, Mm -hmm. on multiple occasions with little to no discernible reason. Yeah, I know. He just scratched him. He's like, yeah, you're not playing today. Yeah, no. I went through. I did some. I did more research than I probably needed to about like, (laughs) okay, why did he bench him? And no one knows. They just did it. It's a mystery. I feel like it. Some people have argued, like they were saying on TSN, that they think, oh, he's trying to get fired, but... You know, interesting he's, tactic. He's on like the last year of his. Contract, yeah, he's on the last though. year of his deal. Just don't re-sign him. Anyways, please. I know you've said you're standing by your coach, but he is losing <laughs> the locker room and making the franchise look worse than it needs to be. It's time to move on from Torts. Yeah, they signed him to make their team more gritty, and uh, it's. Yeah, he's been trying he's... to instill this whole like us versus the world mentality, as just. Not take it, but him versus everyone. Yeah, it else. sounds like he's also like putting his players on blast too. <laughs> yeah, no, he's it's torts versus the world. It's torts versus the world versus anybody else who wants to wants a piece. Yeah, he's one of those coaches. Oh, Hockey's filled with them, and that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to podcasts. In the words of aforementioned Mike Milbury, we have two quotes. Oh, nice. Quote the first. It's unbelievable that after more than 30 years in the game, pummeling a guy with his loafer will be my legacy. (laughs) But I guess it's better than having no legacy at all. (laughs) Yeah, he was given the nickname Mad Mike after that incident. (laughs) Awesome. Quote the second. (laughs) I don't like being mediocre. I won't be. Oh, well, well, but he was. I I don't even know if he made it to mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) Mediocrity is too good for you. I was looking up, you know how like, he won't be mediocre. I start my research with being like bad NHL trades. And so there's like a list of like top 10 worst NHL trades. Mike Mulberry has his own like worst top 10 list of just moves he made. Just him personally. He has his own wing in the Dishonorable Hall of Fame. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and remember, this was Mismanaged.